0: Hello, everyone. Let me know how my audio is so we can get started. We're doing Q&A. We have, we're starting with Patreon questions. We have a couple of Patreon questions we'd like to answer. If my microphone just stands in the right place, thank you very much. How's my audio? I see Susanna in the live chat. I see Ibn Qayam in the live chat. I see uh, so in the live chat, anybody want to confirm? So, okay, by the way, before we get started, please like the video. Please help us grow the YouTube channel by helping uh, by clicking on the like button. That would really be appreciated. It doesn't cost you anything. And it really does help our channel grow. Okay. Um, so we have, so for people who don't know how this works on Patreon, on Secular Journalist Patreon, we often just post the link to this stream, usually a day ahead of time. And you can see here on Patreon, we posted that, and only our patrons that have, have access to that to this uh, to this Patreon post. And then what our patrons would do is is they just comment their questions under here under the posts on Patreon, and you have to be a patron of the channel to be able to do that. And then I answer those patron questions first, and then I go to the live chat and see what the live chat has to ask, and then I'll answer those questions, right? So again, if you want to be a patron and then you get priority uh, in your questions getting answered and me spending more time on your questions, link to our Patreon accounts in, in the description. You can see we have a whole bunch of questions here. Um. Okay, I'm just confirming that the audio is <laughs> good. Thank you, guys. Um, oh, also another thing I want to mention is that from I'm going to start allowing members of the YouTube channel to come up with you know uh, with their audio and ask me their questions live on air if they want to. Okay, so not today, but maybe in, in a few weeks. That's what we're going to do. So if a YouTube member, so if you're a Patreon, your the advantage would be that you you send your questions ahead of time. And I will spend more time answering them on Patreon. And if you are a YouTube member of the Secular Jihadist uh, channel, I'll send a link to YouTube members only, and they get to come up here with video um, and audio, or if they want, just audio, and they can ask me their questions and just have an interaction with me as I'm answering their questions. Okay. So that would be the advantage of being a YouTube member. Okay. So different advantages for being a Patreon and from being a YouTube member. How's that sound? Um, okay, so with that being said, let me go through Patreon questions. Let's see what we have here. So I know mostly, uh, Mo has asked me the, these questions first, but because these questions are a bit long, I'm first going to go to a shorter ones, and then I'm going to go back to most questions. Okay. Oh, I, I'm seeing I'm already asked questions in live chat. I'm going to star the live chat questions to get, get to, so I could get to the live chat questions once. The patron questions are done, okay? Cool. and um, Cool. Fantastic. All right. So let's do... uh, Here are a short one from Bobo. I could actually, because it's short, I could just highlight them here. There we go. Okay. Bobo is saying, how do you think the removal of Imran Khan will impact Islamic extremism in Pakistan? Well, it's really hard to say this... um, early on right because um the civilian government in Pakistan um is less influential when it comes to the impact on extremism in Pakistan compared to compared to the military and some other elements extremist element within Pakistan I'm not saying they're not in, it doesn't have any influence obviously it does right and you know not knowing there's so many external factors involved so is any prediction and this would be could be easily wrong, but not knowing anything else, Imran Khan himself was not a good was not a good actor when it comes to his influence on Islamic extremism in Pakistan. Okay, um, it's not fair to call Imran Khan an extremist himself, and I see a lot of people do that, um, and that is not at all fair. Okay, Imran Khan himself is not an Islamic extremist. He's one of those wishy washy. Sufi, you know hippy dippy kind of people. Um, so that's that's a, that's the a brand of Islam that he has, right? But at the same time, he has been very good for the Taliban, <laughs> right? When it comes to recognizing Taliban without any criteria or any, you know, demands for human rights, you know, standards or anything like that. Erman Khan has been good for the Taliban and has been a force for that. He's also the guy who mentioned that bin Laden was a martyr, and that was pretty insane, right? But again, I think the main... So again, it's, it's very simpli, simplistic to say um, that the military in Pakistan is a much more important element when it comes to extremism because the military in Pakistan is such a gigantic institution that... It's just like you can't just talk about it as if it's one thing, but I think when it comes to you know different extremist groups being stopped or allowed to do what they want or supported, so there's three different extremist groups based on what the military wants in Pakistan, they either get supported or just allowed to to carry on or stopped. Okay, and I think which of these three things is done in Pakistan is mostly dependent on the military, right? In fact, technically, whether Imran Khan stays in power or not, <laughs> it's also mostly dependent on the military. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. I think the people who are actually in charge in Pakistan are still in charge in Pakistan, right? I don't know if that's fair to say. Let me see. Um, so Imran Khan, so Ibn Gayam in the live testing, Imran Khan has the whole of the country behind him at the moment. I think that's... Uh, um, not fair to say. I think it's fair to say that he ha- he's very popular, okay? You can't say the whole of the country. I think that's too much of a generalization. But yes, Imran Khan is extremely popular, but he doesn't have the most important part of the country backing him right now, which is the military. So no, he doesn't have the whole of the country. He could have all the civilians backing him. And if he doesn't have the military backing him, he doesn't have anybody backing him. Like in Pakistan, that's the main thing, okay? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the part is Ibn in the life chat saying the parliament should have waited until the next election and allowed the democratic process to play out rather than forcing him, uh, from power. Well, the parliament, I think, is getting their orders from somewhere else, which is the military, maybe. I think, like, I don't think, like, you should, I don't think in Pakistan, you could, I don't know, like, it doesn't seem like you could just tell the parliament what to do and what's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's very interesting. In Pakistan, they always play this fight, play this game. They're like, oh, U.S. bad, U.S. bad. But behind the scenes, they're like, daddy, U.S., please send us more money, right? So what Imran Khan was doing was he was kind of not playing along, right? You have to, the game that you have to play in Pakistani politics is go to the people and say U.S. bad. And then behind the scenes and go to the U.S. and like, yes, daddy, more money, please. Thank you, daddy. Right. So that's how it's supposed to work. Right. But Imran Khan was kind of being annoying uh, to uh, to Americans and the political elite and the military. Because he was genuinely like anti-US and anti-Western, right? He was just like anti-Western through and through, right? So I was like, man, that's not how any of this works. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, we wouldn't like, and, you know, so he was getting too cozy with China. And then he was getting too cozy with Russia, even after the Ukraine stuff. And he was like, are we your slaves? Like, well, no, you're not the slave, but how's how 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 about some sanctions from the European Union, your major trading partner, right? Like your economy is suffering significantly. Would you like some sanctions now for getting closer to Russia and uh, you know alienating Western countries? Like your entire economy is dependent on your uh, friendship with Western countries. Like you you want to you know bite the fan, hand that feeds you. So that's like you know politically that's just insane. You know, so. Like Imran Khan is like acting like this is a conspiracy by Americans to remove him, but at the same time, like okay, so but what he calls a conspiracy is something that people already know. It's publicly okay. So it's public. Like it's not a. So what he's trying to call a conspiracy is the fact that the Americans were, came to polit, the political elite in Pakistan and they were like, "Hey, it wouldn't. If this guy was not in power anymore, we would be okay, right?" It wasn't like. But he's like he thinks like, "Oh, look at this. I have, I have." unravel this conspiracy like dude like they just told you're being anti-western and westerners western countries are saying yeah we don't like you that's not a conspiracy they're just openly communicating with the rest of your politicians that it would be nice if you were not in charge anymore right and so Pakistan, other pakistani politicians realizing that their entire economy depends on their friendship with westerners they were like We need to get rid of this guy, right? So, but but what people in Pakistan are calling a conspiracy is like is they assume that it goes as deep as like I don't know, giving money to the politicians directly. I mean, I'm not saying that's not happening, but there's no proof for that yet. Uh, The the things that they have, you know, brought to light is just normal communication between different uh, countries, right? But there's no evidence for any like money being sent to pakistani politicians to remove imran khan there's not like that that level of um conspiracy doesn't exist yeah i mean it might exist but there's no evidence for it um what else is i'm saying in the live chat you are right that the military is by far the most powerful institution in the country yes yes um And oh, Ibn Ghayyam is saying sorry. I was exaggerating. Wow, Ibn Ghayyam is very open to uh, the criticism. That's very rare to see in the live chat. I hope I I show some the same level of acceptance. Um, oh, somebody on Twitch, Shay, uh, shaky, who's this? Uh, Sheikh Sheikh Sheikhi... shaky, shaky. Okay, on Twitch is saying the way he has gained popularity, especially after ousting him. Uh, he probably will come back to power. Yes, a lot of people are saying don't just dismiss him as gone. He's not like like you can't, even though the military in Pakistan has a lot of power, um, you can't just ignore the level of popularity that Imran Khan has. Like it's worth something, so you can't just be like, Okay, bye-bye, Imran Khan. It was nice knowing you. It's it's not like that, okay? So. Oh, yeah. And so also Susanna is mentioning also not to mention his fragile relationship with the IMF and the uh, ballooning foreign debt. Yeah, he's this is a guy that mentioned that he's going to like stand up to the IMF and not do any more, you know, but he was like he went back and forth. with the, Like he promised people that he's not going to borrow from the IMF, but then he was like, OK, we have no monies. And he went back to the IMF and then halfway through like, no, screw you. We're not going to accept your uh, terms. And then again I realized that okay, we need the money and then we're back to the IMF. Like the management of this, like he's not a good politician. I know he's a good, like he has charisma, and that's why people that's why people love him and he like he acts strong, tough to this bully American and the anti American rhetoric sells very well in Pakistan. So that's why he gains popularity. But when it comes to being a politician, he sucks like he like when it comes to financial management i mean his greatest achievement has been making an islamophobia day in united nations well like i mean thank you for that horrible uh, thing that you just left right before right before he was removed he had to leave the stain on the united nations amazing um uh, yeah, and Eben, Eben Qiyam in live chat saying a lot of the projects um, co-organized with China have fallen behind schedule due to Imran Khan's uh, organizational incompetence. Yes, he's, he's horrible at this. He's horrible at this. Okay, uh, we need we really do need to na- move to the next patron question. But by the way, to see guys like as a patron, you get uh, you get more time spent on your questions. Okay, so. Uh, secular proton as a patron he's asking where is ali um ali is busy with his daughter with writing a book uh with his family and taking time off and he's busy in his own personal things so i'm just gonna um yeah so let let ali be ali and yeah so it would have been nice to have him right now, though, with all this Pakistan stuff. Oh, um, yeah, but he's but we, we might you know what I should do? I should invite um Harris Sultan on to talk about the current Pakistan situation. What do you guys think? But yeah, it would have been very nice right now to have Ali on. Okay, so let's go to the next Patreon question. Okay, let's go to one of these huge ones. I don't know if this whole thing is gonna fit on the page. Would it? No. It won't fit on the page. So I'm gonna share my screen. I'm gonna share Patreon. I'm gonna unselect this one. Okay, so here. More with these long questions. Okay. All right, so I have to give some let me actually see if you guys said any any questions in the live chat that I need to highlight. Yeah, guys if there's any questions that you want me to ask after i'm done with the patron questions okay uh, make please um tag secular jihadists um this uh, there's a twitch comment saying also pakistani civilians are against the army generals for the first time not all but this is probably is the biggest number ever wow that's crazy um there's nothing they can do about it, though. It's, the uh, the army is too strong. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we have also a Facebook comment. Thank you for thank you for that. All right. So for for this question regard uh, from Mo, what I have to first uh, elaborate a little bit before I read the question, so for um, for you to understand where this guy is coming from. Um, I think this is um, an iranian who takes issue with my anti-monarchy stance uh, in iran okay because a lot of iranians who are, are against the islamic republic of iran want the islamic republic to topple for iran to go back to the time of the shah and bring back the monarchy okay and me, as an activist on the Iranian side, for a lot of you who don't know, I do also have shows in Persian to a Persian-speaking um, atheist community uh, on a show called Jomhuria Bi Khodayan, right? Um, if you speak Persian, you could subscribe to the channel, Jumhuriyya Bi Khudayan. And I am starting to go more aggressively against monarchy, um, convincing more Iranians that Monarchy is not the answer, right? Um, so Mo is takes issue with that and he wants to convince me that because I what I want for Iran is a secular republic, right? Um, and but the, but the statistics also show that that's most Iranians like the highest number of the, the political uh, structure that has the highest amount of popularity in Iran, is a secular republic as well, okay? But there's at least 20% of Iranians who still want to bring back the monarchy, right? So this person, Mo, is taking issue with my stance here. I don't know if Mo is here in the live chat or not, but let me answer it, okay? So Mo is saying, we know that any republic can become a dictatorship, just like Iraq, Russia, etc. We also, that many, we also know that many constitutional monarchies can be completely democratic, just like the UK and Holland. So why such strong position against a constitutional monarchy, right? So I am going to actually dedicate like a two hour show in Persian comparing monarchies with republics and also go through all the fall flaws of a monarchy. Uh, and I'm not just talking about um, absolute monarchies. I have issues with uh, constitutional monarchies as well. But to, to keep it short here, uh, because I am gonna dedicate more time to that in, in Persian, I just wanna say that the constitutional monarchies, which are democratic, mo well, they're not democratic because they are monarchies okay they are democratic because they are less of a monarchy than absolute monarchies so the fact that they're monarchies is not helping with the democrat with the democracy part okay similarly when you're saying republics could be dictatorships the fact that they're a republic is not contributing to them being dictators being a dictatorship right so if a monarchy if you have a country that is a monarchy and they are a dictatorship the fact that they their monarchy is contributing to them being a dictatorship but if you have a republic that is a dictatorship it's a republic by name and not really in action not really technically they're not a republic right for example the better example that you could have given the most ridiculous example that you could have given is north korea North Korea is also a republic in name, okay? But the reason why those republics are dictatorships is because they're not actually republics. They're not being truly a republic, okay? So any republic that is truly a republic is not a dictatorship. So the the republic, you know, so again republics that are dictatorship the fact that they're a republic is not contributing to being a dictatorship in fact the fact that they are not a true republic is contributing to the fact that they're a dictatorship and constitutional monarchies that are uh democratic the monarchy part is not contributing to the fact that they're dem- uh, democratic the fact that they're not that they're less of a monarchy is contributing to the fact that they're uh, democratic i hope that makes sense right um, yeah some don't up here in the left saying monarchy like yeah, like a symbolic monarchy, which is already also a problem. I'll get to the problems with constitutional monarchies in Persia and the Persian show, okay, and then he, the question continues saying currently Iran looks um oh currently Iran looks how what this is grammatically incorrect, um so look at Iran, okay, currently Iran looks like how it looked. Under the Qajar. Here, I fixed I fix it for you. So for people who don't know what the Qajars are, the Qajars are the dynasty dynasty before the Pahlavi dynasty, right? So we had the Qajar dynasty, then we had the Pahlavi dynasty, and then we had the Islamic revolution on the, of 1979, right? So he says Iran today looks like what we had at the Qajars. Uh, so lots of mafia meet mafia all mafia etc what are your main concerns with a strong point man uh propping up to to correct this corrupt society similar to Shah to Shah Reza Pahlavi who wanted Iran to be a republic himself but was persuaded due to the tribal nature of Iran okay well the tribal nature of Iran at that time is different from today um, every uh, you know the stats shows that most iranians want a secular republic um you know well not most of Iran. Iranians. the the highest the most popular uh political re- um, structure that they want is a secular republic first of all and even you know um we have data right now that shows that that model works best so why not go for the model that works best um, I mean, if you are, if you want a strong man to come fix things, then you I don't know what you're talking about. You're giving me the examples of Reza Shah. Uh, when, you, when you have a popular strong man to come lead your country, um, why don't you look at the example closer to our history, which was Khomeini himself, right? You don't know what you're going to get with a strong man that comes and starts a dictatorship, right? That's somebody that could not be removed from a through the democratic process. The reason why you want to go with a republic is just in case that the strong, the person that you're putting in charge is not good, that, that position, that office is accountable to the people so you could remove that position. Because you might get somebody that you like, like Rizal Pahlavi, or the strong man might end up being somebody like Khomeini. Okay? Khomeini also was supposed to be a strong man that came to power to fight back against corruption, just like what you're saying. Look, there was people uh, saw a corrupt society and they appointed a strong man, which was Khomeini, to come and fix it. Look where that led, right? So why are you using one example and not noticing the other one? You know, a strong man could be like a good strong man and be a good dictator. It could be a bad one. the The good thing about a republic is that we could fix that if it's a bad one. I mean. Not always, but more often than dictatorships, right? So there's that. Um, Okay, so I'm seeing a comment on LinkedIn, a question on LinkedIn. So I'm just gonna start it so I could answer it later, right? There you go. Wow, we're getting comments. Yeah, there we go, we have another star comment. Okay, perfect Davo. I see a comment from you as well. So I'm, I starred it, I'm gonna answer it after I'm done with the patron questions, all right? So let's go to another patron question. Let me see if I could do, okay, let's go. All right, let's go with another question by Bobo. This is a short one, so I could just put it like on screen like this, okay? so bobo is a patron thank you so much for being a patron again for people who are new here i'm answering patron questions before i go to the live chat questions bobo is asking why do you think radical outfits have amped up their attacks against israel how will this impact the already fragile coalition in the in israel government okay so i don't know how to answer this without sounding like i'm victim blaming you know um it's going to sound like I'm victim blaming. How do I do this? Um, all right. So before maybe to, to not sound like I'm victim blaming, I have to first mention, right, that obviously the criminals in Israel who are responsible for the attacks on the Israeli citizens, right, they are – what they're doing is horrible, Okay. And and I condemn that. Okay. And nothing, everybody, anybody is there's nothing worse than acts of violence against innocent civilians. I mean, well, there's I don't want to say nothing, but there's few things worse than um right. So I condemn that, that's horrible. I don't want to blame the, the individual civilians that have had this happen to them. Um uh, you know, they are they are the victims, okay and they have no responsibility for anything that has happened to them, right? Um so I hope nobody thinks that I'm victim blaming when I say this, okay? But the conditions and again, again I have to be careful. The main people responsible for radicals being radicals are the radicals themselves, okay? The main people, the number one people we need to blame for people going becoming radicals are the people who are actually the radicals okay so with that being aside i also have to say that the conditions that arabs are facing both in i mean in the west bank and the arabs in israel and most importantly the arabs in gaza Strip, beyond everywhere else is perfect condition for radicalization okay the economic hardship and the devastating conditions that they live under if anybody would predict whether these environments will create radicals i mean if anybody was you know trying to it would be it would be easy to see why the environments like this would produce that radicals, right? So what I'm what I'm trying to say is without trying acting like without sounding like I'm victim blaming, is that Israeli policies in not addressing the the plight of the Palestinians and the the hardship that they're going through and the devastating poverty and lack of opportunity opportunities. And access to hope for a better future is to some degree should be held re- seen as responsible for the continued radicalization and attack on their own civilian on their own civilians. The, the I wanna see if the can anybody thinks like this line of thinking is that do you think like if I'm saying that, am I victim blaming? Because they do think that the Israeli government is doing, if you don't, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't care enough for other human beings for the sake of, you know, caring for other human beings, and you're just a government that just wants to keep its own citizens safe, even by that metric, you're not, the Israeli government is doing a horrible job. And I wouldn't blame anybody to, for thinking that's by design because of more threats on your civilians will be good for the sections in of your government that is also more radical right leaning or for any part of your government that would benefit from higher uh, funding and in insecurity um, and you know militarization of your government right I mean, this is not a conspiracy, you know. Um, having more threats benefits certain parts of Israel's government, either far right, um, religious, um, or, you know, the part of the government that are responsible for defense, right? So there, there is interest in not solving these problems. Let me know if you think I'm being conspiratorial. Um, oh, even is thinking, is saying uh, he thinks I'm being very balanced. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. But yeah, if, if you think I'm being conspiratorial or if I am blaming the victim, please criticize me. I try to take a look at your criticism and adjust. Uh, but there's a second part of this question by Bobo saying, How will this? how will this impact the already fragile coalition in the Israeli government? I don't know how this will impact it because I think the main thing that could that is making the coalition um, fragile, I mean, so what brings the coalition together is keeping Netanyahu out, right? But the, the coalition has a lot of ideological disagreement with each other, right? But are these ideological disagreements strong enough to become stronger than their hatred for Netanyahu? Again, I always have to mention that Netanyahu has hijacked the Likud party because the Likud party would be in power right now if Netanyahu was not in charge, easily. Because without Netanyahu, the coalition wouldn't have the fear of Netanyahu to be able to unite like this, right? So I don't I know right now the coalition is even more fragile than before because of some people leaving the like either either leaving the coalition or threatening to leave but I don't I don't know why the reasoning behind that was right I don't know so I have to take a look right um but I think you know the, the Iran might be a bigger issue Iran's Vienna talks might be a bigger issue right now, but I don't know, okay? Because, oh yeah, actually, one thing, yeah, actually now that I think about it, um, one thing that a lot of Israelis had think is that Netanyahu is tougher on the Arab population within Israel and Palestinians as well, right? And the current coalition is is a coalition that includes Arabs in the coalition. So I'm wondering whether, you know, a more anti-Arab attitude growing inside of Israel because of these attacks would make more people want Netanyahu back. And that would make the coalition weaker or not. I don't know. I'm just being very clear. I don't know if that's true. I'm just wondering out loud with you if that is what the impact is going to be. Let me know if you think that's what the impact is going to be, right? Oh man, thank you so much, um, Soha. In the live chat, is saying, please become a secular geologist patron only if you can support us financially. Oh, thank you, Soha. Yes, uh, if anybody should not be fin- supporting us financially if they are struggling, please do not support us financially. Yes, but if you would like to support us financially, link is in the description. You could either become a patron, and that would make it so uh, that that means that you get your questions will get priority and I will answer them first, and we will spend more time on it. Or you could become a YouTube member, and if you're a YouTube member, that means in future Q&As, I will post a link, and you could just come up here with audio and video and just talk to me live on air and ask your your questions live on air, okay? So, YouTube members, so patrons get the advantage of priority question, and YouTube members get the uh, advantage of coming up and asking the questions with audio uh, and video, or if they prefer, just audio. Okay, so let me unstar this bubble question. Let's go to the next Patreon question. Okay, we have. Let's do. We have a whole bunch of more questions. Okay, and this one is also very long. But let me see if I it fits on the page. Yes, this one fits on the page. Okay, more saying, "Do you know the position of Messi?" Okay, so before I read this question, I have to again um provide some context because mo asks very iran specific questions okay and i need to get everybody to the same level of background understanding of what we're talking about before um, before asking you the question okay so for people who might not know masi alinejad is an activist um iranian activist Uh, She lives in the United States right now, and she is one of the strongest activists there is against the Islamic Republic of Iran. She's very popular, and she's so popular that the Islamic Republic of Iran actually tried to kidnap her right from her home in the United States and bring her back to Iran. That's how big of a threat she is to the Islamic Republic of Iran, right? That that they dared trying to kidnap her on American soil. Um, however, a lot of anti-regime people, like Mo, believe in conspiracies that think Masih Najad secretly. I think I think Mo is one of those people who think that Masih Najad might secretly be in in the cahoots with the Islamic Republic. Might actually be on their side and just acting like she's against the Islamic Republic, like it's like a it's like a secret, like you know, I don't know. It's it's controlled opposition, basically. All right. Even <laughs> Riyam is saying Mo is getting his money's worth out of his Patreon subscription. <laughs> yes, yes, it's okay. Yeah, that's good. You can ask many questions on, if as a patron. Okay. So okay. So Mo is saying, do you know the position of Masih Ali Najad and her husband with regards to the Islamic Republic propaganda group like NIAC and Iranian Canadian? a Congress, you may want to find out before defending here, how can we stand up to NIA, AC, NIAC for short, NIAC, um, and other groups having misinformation campaigns at levels of uh, North American society. So for people who don't know, NIAC or NIAC is an organization that for some reason get invited everywhere to talk about Iran, okay? Every time I go to I don't know, um, podcasts about Iran, like very famous podcast, you know, political commentary uh, about Iran, podcasts about like geopolitics or Al Jazeera or I don't know, some other, CNN. Um, Every time, like, not every time, but so many times they're like, oh, we have an Iranian analyst and then like, I always see, what's his name? What's his name? I forgot. The main guy from NIC, N.I.A.C. Either him or some other. And so many YouTubers keep quoting him, his books, his views. Um, what is his name? Um, what's his guy Here You see. A, he has a famous book as well. I don't know. I forgot his name. Maybe Susanna knows his name. It has a T in his name. Okay. But I forgot his name, but uh, they always have the, someone, like I was listening to podcasts and they had a woman from NIAC and they they whitewash how bad the Islamic Republic of Iran is, right? They're very influential. They seem to have a lot of funding behind them. They somehow have been recognized as this institution that is experts uh, at, at all things Iran-related, and the most sophisticated publications and mainstream news outlets constantly invite them with commentary, okay? And the Iranian people, especially anti-regime Iranian people, every time they listen to them talking to American or English-speaking media, they want to pull their hair out because they act like, oh, yeah, we're for human rights and the regime is doing bad things. And then you can see how they keep massaging and making, you know, America, you know, the Western countries be like the most of the responsibility. They put it on United States and Western countries, especially America, but at the expense of, you know, dismissing or belittling or like, reducing the impact of all the evils that the islamic republic of iran is doing especially with the nuclear talks what they do is they constantly try to make it they don't highlight any of the violations that the islamic republic was responsible for they they comp- like when you see the talking points that they go over and um, they they completely um, ignore all the talking points that will make the Iranian government look like they're doing a bad thing, right? Like they're in the wrong. Like they're not lying, right? But this they, sh- they lie by omission. They just bring all the talk one-sided talking points, right? Um, but if you if you corner them and be like, well, what about the Islamic Republic? This, then they will be like, Okay, yes, that's bad. But they themselves would not bring it up. You have to corner them to be able to admit some of the worst things that the Islamic Republic of Iran is doing, right? And put that along with the fact that um, the foreign ministry in Iran, especially at Rouhani's time and a whole bunch of other officials in Iran, bragged about the fact that they have lobbying groups and media groups within the United States that does their PR for them. I think justifiably, a lot of people... uh, like, look at NIAC and think like these are these people are just defending the Islamic Republic of Iran, right? And I think, based on what I've heard from them, I don't know what they're so I don't buy the conspiracies to say like they're completely like an arm of the Islamic Republic of Iran. I mean, there might be, I just don't know where the evidence for that is. But their narratives and everything they say ends up being a defense of the Islamic Republic of Iran, even if they don't admit it, it comes it has that impact, okay? And based on what I've heard and with some, everything I've seen, I agree with that. That is not a conspiracy theory, okay? I haven't seen Lina Jod directly defend NIAC. She might have worked with them. She might have been in the same conference with them. She might have shook hands with them. She. Might, I don't know if she said, if she has said something positive about them, I'm not aware of, but if she has said that, that would not mean that Masih Ali Najjar is not good, okay? She might have some views about one organization that I'm against, and she might have, I don't know what views specifically she has. I wish in your in your long question, you would not just ask me that question, you would refer to it directly here, what she has said about NIAC. But even if she has said something positive about them, I would be like, well, I disagree with her. I wouldn't be dismissing all the work that Masih Najad has done, and I wouldn't buy to the conspiracy theory that she's an agent of the Islamic Republic just because she might happen to have one agreement with NIAC, right? So you got a lot of these, you know, conspiracy theories just they just connect the dots, you know, invisible dots, and it, 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 even the losses of connections between things will make them. Um, will make somebody an agent of the Islamic Republic. I know this because I have constantly been accused myself of being an agent of the Islamic Republic, especially because I'm against monarchy, right? My stance against monarchy um, has made a lot of anti-regime Iranians tell me that I am the agent of the Islamic Republic of Iran. So you see how easy it is for people to just... Accuse everybody, so I don't buy the fact that Masiyah is an agent of the Islamic Republic of Iran, right? Um, did anybody find the name of the person? Oh, there we go, thank you, Susanna. Yes, and Soha, you guys got it. So, Soha and Susanna find his name. Yes, it's uh, uh Trita Parsi, Trita Parsi of NIAC. Yes, he's he was the head of it. Uh, but they have other, also other people. Like the fact, the fact that he gets invited everywhere, uh, and people believe him as this expert, and his books are constantly being quoted as the authority on the Iranian nuclear deal um, is just so annoying, right? Again, I I accept the fact that the United States made some very very bad um, moves uh, when it comes to. The uh, the deal that they had with the, the Iran nuclear deal. I completely agree. I'm not going to say that they didn't make any mistakes, especially under Trump. Especially under Trump, it was devastating. So I do blame the Americans. Okay, I accept that I for many things, right? But but I blame the Islamic Republic more. Okay, I blame a uh, the group that is again i don't know how to say these on youtube right but again and you know all of this should be framed from a position of not being pro trying to look at the islamic republic as an entity that is trying to get what it deserves even if americans have made mistakes the Islamic Republic should be seen as a menace. And if, Islamic, if the United States have made a mistake, the mistake has been not containing this danger to the entire planet. Um, the goal should be avoiding a nuclear Iran, not to get Islamic Republic what it deserves. Islamic Republic of Iran deserves nothing. Islamic Republic of Iran deserves to be toppled. Islamic Republic of Iran deserves to end and let the people go free and select their own government. Okay? So there's nothing unfair being done to the Islamic Republic of Iran. The mistakes of the United States are not being doing a good job at containing this threat to the entire planet. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. All right, so that was that. Let me see if I could remove this star. Okay, so I'm going to answer this one because this one is going to be short. Um, Mo is saying, how much do you know about journalist Afshin Neriman, who exposes a lot of corruption using IRIB news? I have no idea about this guy. So that was an easy an easy question to answer. Right. Let me go to the last patron question, and then I could finally answer the live chat questions. Here, let me actually start another live chat question by Ali Hamad, art artist. Ali Hamad, I started your question, and I will get to it after I'm done with the patron questions. Okay. All right. So Mo, last question, last patron question from which is from Mo again moa is saying what do you think will be the effects of the discovery of a large iranian mafia group of money laundering and spying network in pakistan under Ahund? uh wait Bahodini, bahadini yes i think uh, yeah I, okay this news just came out okay so i saw it so what the news was that there was supposed there was a lot of huge amount of money being laundered in Pakistan for a, for a while. I think if I remember correctly, it was happening for a couple of years and it just has been exposed and the people involved in it, I think some of them have been arrested. I don't know if this guy mentioned here has been also been arrested or not, but the guy that is being mentioned here, this is very significant because this man who's who has been receiving a lot of money through these money laundering schemes in Pakistan. And I know the details about it. It's a little bit complicated. Uh, but this man has received a lot of money from, from I don't know where, from, for what reason, for, from a lot of illegal activity. That's what, that's what I know. But this man is significant because he is the representative of the supreme leader of Iran in Pakistan, right? I think that's what's happening here, right? This is my understanding of the news. Um, And that is very significant, which is confirming a level of corruption that goes to the highest level of Iranian politics. But again, the commentary on this is too early. I think if I have opinions on this, it will be too early to comment on it. I don't know if we will ever know how much of this corrupt money laundering was with the, done at the behest of the Supreme Leader or individually separate from them. So without that information, I don't think it would be responsible to comment on it that much. But it's very interesting, and I can't wait to get more information about this. Right. Anyways... Let's go to the first live chat question. Wait. Yes. Did I answer all the patron questions? Let me just take a look. I think it did. Yeah. This one, this one. Oh, there's another more question I will answer at the end. This is just a... Okay, there's another more question I will answer at the end because this is also another long question, okay? Uh, Ibn Rayam is saying, do you think it's important for people to be able to draw a line from their perspective claims all the way back to the axiomatic beliefs that it uh, that it uh, connects to? That's a very interesting question. Um, draw a line from their perspective claims. Um Sorry, prescriptive claims. Yeah, so, for example, like if I say prescriptive claims, like, for example, if I say Iran should be able to, um, Iran should be removed um, as the government of Iran, should I be able to connect that somehow to how I defined everything, define the meaning of what is good and what is bad? Um, I don't think, I think, like, anybody's job who is to do commentary then yes okay so but i don't think that's expectation that's too much of an expectation for everybody right so if i am trying to do write a book or do youtube commentary um, or have a podcast i think it's important for me if i say for example this is evil this should be this shouldn't have been done um, you know, the government of Iran shouldn't have done this. The Russian government, you know, Putin shouldn't have, shouldn't have invaded Ukraine. Um, you know, we should be wearing... Um, okay, I don't want to say anything about health because YouTube might get anxious. Um, I know religion is bad. Belief in God is harmful. I think I should be able to... To have a consistent worldview for 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 me to be able to make sense to people why I'm saying these things, I should be able to have an understanding of what is good, what is bad, what is harmful, what what is the goal, what is you know what is the purpose of what we're trying to like. I have to be able to have a framework that all of this comes back to, right? Um, I don't think everybody who's listening needs to do that i think people it's hard for people to constantly do that about all their views um and i think other people what they can do to save more time you know is just notice the people the content creators or the writers that they're listening to or watching um or reading if they notice enough consistency in their work in their conclusions they could assume that the frame they they could come to the conclusion based on occam's razor that they are working based on a consistent framework that is tied to some as you mentioned axiomatic beliefs about the world um you know because that would be too much of an expectation from, from everybody else. Does that make sense? I think if your job is to think and come up with the perspective, you know, um, prescriptive solutions or claims about how things ought to be, I think if you don't have some beliefs that all of this tied to, then you're going to constantly come up with contradictory claims about the world you're going to constantly be like well you had this solution here but this solution over here would contradict what you think what you seem your philosophy to be your about the world based on your solution there and how could i take you seriously where your conclusions are so random and all over the place right I think it's a, I think it's important for people to at least know when they say good, what do they mean by good? When they say like morally good, I think you need to at least have a moral a definition of morality, a moral framework. You need that, and if you have a, to have a fr- moral framework, you need to have. I don't want to say a metaphysical different, you know, um, understanding. That that would be too wooey. You have to have a definition for what it means to be, um, what how the world how the world is, how fundamentally everything works. Because how could you come up with a, def- a fr- moral framework when you don't even understand what we are and where we're heading? Right. So I think it's very important to have to have that. Let me see what Ibn Qiyam is saying. Ibn Qiyam is saying, I tried to explain this to Harris and Nuria, but they didn't seem to understand and said it was not important. Maybe it was the way I explained it. I think it's essential to have a consistent uh, have consistent statements. Um, Yeah, but you could have... Cons- okay, so you could have consistent statements without... If your job is not if your job is not a con- like if you're not a content creator that is constantly coming with prescriptive claims about the world i think you could find consistency by noticing how your pre- your claims are contradicting each other right so or without actually having so you might not define, like, you, so you so your if you don't have a definition, if you don't have a moral framework that you're basing everything off of, you might build that, <clears throat> you might build a moral framework unintentionally by constantly making prescriptive claims about the world, and noticing that they're contradicting each other and then getting rid of them, the ones that are contradictory and building new claim, new perspective claims uh, about the world that doesn't contradict your earlier ones, right? Your, your other claims about the world, right? So in that sense, I, unintentionally, you're building a framework um, without actually somebody telling you that you have to just because of the consistency of your claims at the end. Does that make sense? so for example this is actually very interesting I don't know like for example if I say uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran shouldn't have done this but then I but then I defend Putin for doing something similar and somebody pointed at hypocrisy I'm like oh well, you're right you're right if I said they shouldn't do this here but I'm defending this over here and there's no way for me to be you know, like, okay, for the sake of consistency, I'm gonna blame Putin as well. So, even though I didn't start off at building a framework through noticing these inconsistencies, I end up, you know, building one. <coughs> Sorry, I'm saying I believe the well being of humans should be uh, maximized. And I used, okay, so for example, saying, i.e., I believe the well-being of humans should be maximized. And I use an ethical framework such as consequentialism and utilitarianism to arrive my prescriptive claims. Yeah. However, I mean, that's not as axiomatic as, as because if you say that, you have to go further down, because if you want to claim that I believe the well-being of human beings should be maximized, that doesn't go, that is not foundational enough, because then the question would be, well, why should the well being of humans be maximized? Right. So, if you want to build a framework, you have to go deeper. Because if you say that I, and you don't have something deeper that you're building this upon, I could still find contradictions. You know, you might have, you might believe another thing that would contradict your belief that human beings, well being of human beings, should be maximized. So, you should go all the way to the very root of the definitions of everything and how everything, what it means to even be, right, to be able to come up with views that do not contradict each other. It is is exhausting to do that. That's why you can't expect this from people. Um, That's why other people, instead of going all the way to the root and defining that and then all the time going back and referencing all the beliefs to the the root of everything – the easier way is to just catch themselves contradicting each other, contradicting themselves. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Oh, uh, here, you're saying Ibn Qayyim is saying an axiom doesn't need to be reasoned, as it is properly, uh, as it's a. Uh, as it is a properly basic belief. I think watched a video about this called Politics 101. It provides a really good explanation. Yes, but you need those beliefs. Okay, so yeah, okay, so that's why I said when you say uh, I believe um will-being should be maximi- uh, maximized, that cannot be, uh, that is not basic enough to be an axiom right that is a belief that should be based like okay so it's getting close right so you have you're making perspective claims about uh, perspe- uh, pre- prescriptive claims about the world that is based on some beliefs that are based on some other beliefs that are based on some other belief that are based on axioms right but when you for example when i say i believe well being should be maximized i'm getting close i'm getting very close to the axioms right Um, a lot of my beliefs are based on the fact that well being should be maximized, right? But that belief itself still needs an explanation. So, that belief itself is, I mean, it shows why we need axioms because it's getting very close to there because it shows why other beliefs are based, are built upon more foundational beliefs. But I think this is not a belief that is at all yet basic. Like, I think an axiom is something like, you know, there are. You know, math, like two plus two is four, you know, something like that, right? Like if A is equal to B and B is equal to C, then A is equal to C, like something like that. I don't think you could claim um, the well-being being being maximized. I don't think that you can claim that it requires no justification, right? So I agree with what you're saying here. I just don't think that the example that you give is a good, is an axiom, is an axiom. How 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 far how far further would I would you go all the way all the way to <laughs> to to the the basic laws of logic the the most foundational laws of logic right so you know eh, yeah so for example if a um you know like I just said, it's if A is equal to B and B is equal to C, A is equal to C. Like this does not require any explanation. <clears throat> yes. Okay, cool. You're agreeing with me. Cool. So that means we could move on. All right. Here's another question by Perfect Dawa. Perfect Dawa is saying, Armin, are you ready to have a debate with uh, modern, what is it called? MDD is modern modern day debates. Yes, I am. I am ready, but I need an invitation. My email is armen.navobi at gmail.com. If you could just set that up, I would be ready to have that debate. Okay? About anything you want, especially modernity, if you're interested in that. So modern-day debates, get them to email me. Oh, here, you did this for secular justice, yes. Uh, get them to email me at armen.navobi at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, here's a LinkedIn user asking a question. Let me actually see if there's any other questions that I could. All right. So a LinkedIn user just posted this question saying, "So I don't know if it's a question or a comment. Let me actually look at it. Uh, super interested in Pakistan, Imran Khan, why do you think he was terrible? Also, do you think Putin kind of set him up? The trip had been planned for a month, but he linked inked the deal just as the wars uh, started and was trying to get a pipeline funded. In the USA, it is said Pakistan and India will ally against the USA if uh, if this extends to World War III. I don't know whether, where is this is going and Brazil, Mexico, China, South Africa, too. That's the big six. And the, and then basically, allegedly, most of the rest of the world, Iran was not mentioned. I thought, okay, I don't know where this is going. I don't, I'm not saying the rest of your question. But there's no World War Three happening with all these countries that you mentioned, okay? Um, and also, if you're talking about Putin's... Okay, so I don't think it's fair to blame Imran Khan for going on that meeting with Putin, like the war just had started, and that meeting was planned ahead of time. So I don't think it's reasonable to expect Imran Khan to just cancel that meeting. Okay. However, the main thing that he could be blamed for is not condemning Putin afterwards, and taking more of an anti-USA, aggressively anti-USA stance um, at the, at this time, right, especially when it was very essential for pe- countries to, you know, show a tougher stance against Putin. And I think India could be blamed for that as well, by the way. Anyways, but I don't know where you we were getting with that. Okay, so here's another question by Ali Hamad. Is saying, what is the what is better? Option one, 99% comfort and 1% suffering. Or option two, 0% comfort and 0% suffering. I don't know what you mean, but I think comfort is the absence of suffering. I don't know. You have to define comfort and suffering. Uh, To me, comfort means the absence of suffering. If you're not comfortable, you're suffering. So you can't have 0% comfort and 0% suffering. If you have 0% suffering, you're very comfortable. So this question doesn't make sense to me. All right, next question by Ayan. Ayan is saying, Armin, Iran still hasn't developed their nuclear weapons yet? Question mark Why is it taking so long and how much time is remaining? What is, what? Why do you, why are you like, you sound like you're eager. You know how devastating that would be. I mean, first of all, we're we're not even the question right now is not not is not nuclear weapons yet. Okay, so I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Right now, we're in the middle of Vienna talks, which is about the past couple of years, the whole deal, the JCPOA and leaving the GCPOA, which is the nuclear deal that a whole bunch of countries had with Iran, and then leaving the GCPOA by Trump and now trying to get back to it based on the talks in Vienna by Biden, has been whether or not Iran could get nuclear power. Okay, so we know that Iran wants nuclear, the ability to have nuclear weapons, this is something a lot of people don't believe, But all of these discussions was, all of these deals and everything was about whether or not Iran could have nuclear power, not nuclear weapons, okay? So, I mean, how do I even answer your question? The reason why Iran hasn't developed nuclear weapons yet, because that would be the end of them, if they had nuclear weapons right now, the whole world would be united against them. This is not something the world would tolerate the world is like questioning whether they're going to tolerate an Iran with nuclear energy that's the question here of the the world is unanimous in agreeing the the world politics is unanimous in agreeing that Iran shouldn't have nuclear weapons okay so I think your question should be changed in nuclear to nuclear energy and if that's your question the reason is the reason why Iran doesn't have nuclear energy yet is because the they haven't because Iran hasn't been able to go back to the JCPOA deal, which would allow it to have nuclear energy under very strict restrictions under observation by an international body, you know, inter, by, inter, by observers from the IAEA, which makes it to make it difficult for them to have nuclear weapons, right? um but even the countries that are pro that act like they're pro the islamic republic in these deals try to support iran into getting back to the deal like let's say like countries like china and russia they also all agree and terrified about an iran that would have nuclear weapons nobody wants that i mean nobody other than some of the ayatollahs right and that would be suicidal it would be suicidal for iran to openly have nuclear weapons what makes sense for the iranian government is to have to get to a position where the world knows that they have the capability of having nuclear weapons without actually have nuclear without actually having nuclear weapons right so think about the advantages of having nuclear weapons It has a deterring effect. Nobody would attack you if you have nuclear weapons. But if Iran had nuclear weapons, it would get the benefits of deterrence, but it would also unite the entire world against it. If the world notices that you're moving towards actually getting a nuclear weapon, an attack on the country would be a lot more supported, even the most passive countries would all of a sudden support that. So if you're moving towards having a nuclear weapon and you don't have the nuclear weapon yet, that would be suicidal. You might get the whole world attacking you, right? So you see the benefits of having a nuclear weapons, but the cons of trying to get a nuclear weapons, right? So how, if you were the Islamic Republic of Iran, how would you get the benefits of having the deterrence factor of a nuclear weapon, but not all the costs of having a nuclear weapon? you will create a situation where you have all the missiles that you could put a nuke on, and you would have all the uranium and the enriching facilities and everything you need to build a nuclear weapon, but not actually have a nuclear weapon, but make it obvious that if you wanted to have one, it would take a week for you to have one, right? If you you create that, if the Islamic Republic can create that situation then you have all the deterring effects of having a nuclear weapon, but because you don't actually have a nuclear weapon, all the threat all the cons would also not be there. So that would be the ideal situation for the Islamic Republic of Iran. Let me know if that makes sense um okay. No, I am oh I am no. You saying I should have I should just shut up. No, I am no no, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Okay, okay. No, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. I'm so sorry. No, no. Um I shouldn't assume. Okay. You know what? I'm sorry I am not everybody follows the news like I like a lot, some of us do here. You should be you should be able to come and ask these questions mm, even if they're not okay so i'm sorry i shouldn't i shouldn't have made it made you feel like you're uninformed okay this is even if it's okay you know not everybody has time to always follow everything that is happening in world affairs okay don't be upset that you don't know the details of these things it's okay you could come here um I, this was my mistake okay uh this was my mistake i i just you know, I have a lot of time to look these things up, um, and you not everybody has all the time, okay? There's other things that are important in life to do that, to go and do, um, and it's okay. You could come here, and you, it, I will answer, you know, questions. Even if you haven't followed it, I'll try to answer my best. Sorry, sorry if I made you feel like that. I'm so sorry. Well, let me see. Can you forgive me for talking to you like that? Okay, you're saying yes, it makes total sense. okay, okay. But I apologize for acting like making you feel bad for not knowing what you did know. okay? no, actually, your question was very important. Um, I, I really appreciate I really appreciate that you asked that question because sometimes it's important to go back to the basics, okay? If, and you come here and you ask these questions and it helps me co- to go back to the basics and cover the basics, okay? Can you forgive me for asking for, for talking to you like that? Okay. Okay. That's good. Good. Okay. Thank you. Ian. saying it's okay. All right. No, please keep asking these questions. So, so you're saying, but it was very, it's all of this is happening. It's very, so I'm going to spend more time on Ian's question now because of this. Okay. I am saying, but Armin, they're really slow. Okay, see, now you're saying something that makes a lot of sense. Yes, they're very, very slow, okay? So let me tell you why. So let me change your question. Your ch- question said nuclear weapons, but let's change your question to nuclear energy, okay? Because nobody is trying to allow the Islamic Republic to have nuclear weapons. They're trying to see whether or not they want to allow the Islamic Republic of Iran to have nuclear um energy, not nuclear weapons. Okay. So if we change your question to energy instead of weapons, and now you're asking why is it so slow? That's a very good question. Okay. The reason why the talk, the, the negotiation between Iran and other countries on whether or not they are allowed to have nuclear energy has stalled right now is on one very specific question. Whether it's whether the IRGC, okay. The IRGC is a part of the Islamic Republic of Iran, which is a military branch of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Okay. It's an ideal. So Iran has two armed forces. One of them is the Arteish, and the other one is um, IRGC. The IRGC is the more ideological one, they're more religious, crazy, wacko one. Okay. Uh, that has been designated as um a radical group okay it starts with the t I don't say terrorist I don't say the word because YouTube might uh, flag us if we keep saying that okay so it's been designated as a, one of those terrorist groups and uh, by the United States and I think rightfully so okay but um Iran Iran's government wants that that designation to be removed for them not to be considered a terrorist group okay um and the united states including by, both republicans and democrats are like this is a too much of an ask um iran's government is saying well this is our red line you have to remove the irgc from this list for us to go back to the deal and the united states is saying no way no way jose like no way no not, not at all like both of them are saying this is the red line so this is the major sticking point right now to see if the deal is going to go through or not okay um yeah, so does that make sense? And it's it, it's kind of too much of an ask um, by the Islamic Republic of Iran because this has nothing to do uh, with the first JCPOA deal and every, any sanction that the Biden administration wants to remove from Iran in exchange for the nuclear deal. They want it to be sanctions that they remove that helps the Iranian people. Okay, Um, but if they remove the sanctions on IRGC, if they say like, okay, fine, the IRGC is not part of this list anymore and they remove the sanctions from IRGC, these are going to be sanctions that they're removing that is that is going to help a radical group. It's going to is going to make these radical groups more funded rather than actually helping the Iranian people. So the Biden administration is going to look very, very, very bad. So right now the Biden administration is stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Because if they don't get back to a deal with Iran, uh, they're going to be. It, people are like, you promised that you're going to go back to the deal with Iran and you didn't, right? So they're like, okay, so but they don't. But at the same time, if they remove the IRGC from this list, remove sanctions from IRGC, people that's going to also look very look very bad from Biden because this is obviously a very horrible group. And they, they do very radical activity around the Middle East. Um, and now they're going to be more funded. So either way, Biden is going to look very, very bad, no matter what they do. So they're trying to pressure Iran's government to accept going back to this deal without removing IRGC from the list. I hope that made, that made sense. I is saying yes. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, okay, all right. Let's move on to the next question. Oh wait, I think I did answer this one. Another question from Ian. Armin. Do you play chess? No, I don't. If yes, then what is your international? Yeah, I don't play chess. Okay, that was easy. So then saying, what do you think of this uh, sex segregation? Sex segregation in Tehran parks. What is the reaction? The reaction. Okay, so for people who don't know, Iran in some cities. In Iran, and I, I think in, in some places in Iran, they are making some parks woman only. And some mullahs came out and said that that's because we want women to be able to enjoy parks with security without men, um, and just have women be safer, right? But the reaction has been huge. The reaction has been people are like, Oh my god. You're segregating women. I mean, people are like this is this is something that is, I okay. So I know for a lot of you, Islamic countries are all the same, okay. But this is something that you would expect. I mean, and I know the mullahs are extremely radical, okay, and very conservative. But making women only parks is not something that you expect to happen in the Islamic Republic of Iran. In Iran, uh, it's something that you would expect to happen under Taliban, okay. So, the reason, it's not because the mullahs don't want to segregate the parks in in Iran. They would wish they could do that. But the Iranian people, based on the experiences they have had under under the Pahlavi dynasty, before the Islamic Republic, and the role, the strong role of women in society back before the Islamic Revolution and the position of women in Iranian society, it's just harder to do these things in Iran compared to a country like Afghanistan or Saudi Arabia, right? The resistance to ideas like this is a lot more higher from the Iranian people, okay? The Iranian people went through a golden age of women having a being very educated, having highest positions in society, and just having shining careers in entertainment and people, you know treating them like goddesses, at least, for you know for a long time. So for the Islamic Republic, the revolution to happen, and them trying to turn back the clock, it was harder, based on the experience that the Iranian people have had, that is harder to do in Iran than some other Islamic countries, even though the mullahs really want that, right? So this, obviously, something is like a lot of people refer to it as the Talibanization of Iran, right? They keep comparing this to Taliban has the pictures of it has shocked the Iranian people. And out there's a high level of outrage right now happening and shows how, how much bolder the mullahs are getting, right? Like people are like, oh my God, look at these people. Like instead of trying to submit to us and getting, you know, like realizing that they're, you know, that we're not gonna, and we're not gonna take all of this Islamization, they're actually getting bolder. How dare they, Right? Yeah, the images, by the way, is of is horrible. Like it just looks like they're turning the parks into a prison, right? And, and women are coming out and saying, don't act like this is for our protection. And they're like, This is segregate, this is male and female segregation. Call it by call it by its name. And the officials are like, Oh no, this is not segregation. This is for women protection. Like, how is this not? Pe-? And people are like, How is this not segregation? You're literally saying woman only. Obviously, this is segregation. Anyways, but they're saying, like, no, don't call it segregation. This is protection. Oh, yeah, see? Puya, who is Iranian, right now in the live chat, exactly what I told you. A lot of Iranians are saying this is like the Talibanization. And Puya, who is an Iranian in the live chat, specifically just said, I think they stole the idea from the Taliban. See, this is, this is the reaction that people are, get, are giving. Susanna saying, what in the Taliban is what I imagine the reaction would be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, Ibn, Ibn Qiyam saying segregation sucks. Okay, cool. Let me see if there's any other questions. Okay. Okay, guys. I um I need to remember not to be mean to people when they ask me questions. Okay, this is important. I need to ch- I need to fix that. And I know Aben Gayan was making fun of me for being too apologetic for who I am, but it, it's important for me to be better at that. It is very important to me to and uh, not n- not dismiss people's questions. Okay, I, and again, going back to basics is very important. This matters to me. Um Susanna is asking, what do you think of the sex? Oh, wait, I already asked this. Yes, Are you right there? Okay, so Ali Hamad just fixed his question, I think. He's saying, what doers Doors have zero suffering. Oh, he's, what I said, okay, so basically I was telling him that zero suffering means 100% comfort and zero comfort means 100% comfort and, uh, suffering. And he's giving me an example. He said, doors have 0% suffering and 0% comfort. Well, nothing is 0% suffering or 0% comfort. There's some level of suffering. I mean, when you go through a door, it would have been less suffering if there was no door at all, if you could just go through it without having to do any activity. So even your example is not, it would be more comfortable if doors were these magical entities, then whenever you could, you could you could just go through them, and the barrier will just disappear. And whenever they need to stop people, it would just become solid, right? So you wouldn't require any hand motion or any physical activity. So, so your example is wrong. Cena so saying, how truly independent is Artesh at this point? Not independent at all. I think a lot of people in Iran um, were hoping that the Artesh at some point would um, start a coup d'état against the IRGC and topple the government because they're like the Artesh dates um, predates the Islamic Republic and has a long history and is more independent from the regime. Uh, but every time people thought that the artists might turn on the IRGC, when there was an uprising in Iran, the artists has came out and unanimously claimed that they are completely loyal to the Islamic Republic of Iran and to the Supreme Leader, and declared their absolute loyalty. So the way that the Islamic Republic of Iran wants you to think of it is not that. You know, Artish is ideologically different from the rest of the country, is that their roles are different, right? The role of the Artish is to defend the borders of Iran, and the role of the IRGC is to defend the revolution and the Islamic ideals that Khomeini brought about within the borders of of Iran and outside of it. And that's a key difference, okay? So the Artish is defending. A geography the IRGC is defending an ideolo- an ideology that is the key difference okay and one of them is within the Iran's border and the borders defending the borders one of them is its mission is the entire planet the, the, the mission of the IRGC is to make the Islamic Republic Khomeinism and Islam as a whole conquer the entire planet so that's the difference i don't know what you're talking about ali ahmad anymore this is hot too high level um okay let's go let's go Oh, my. Getting more questions here. Getting long questions. Oh, Mo is here. Mo, we answered all your questions. Oh, we have one question left of Mo. We will get to that. Actually, let's go to that last question by Mo and then go to the final picture, uh, final live chat questions. Mo is saying, will you be able to... Okay, so this person, Khosrow uh, Farahar, is like a pro monarchy um thinker iranian thinker okay so Khosrow farvahar is a pro monarchy iranian thinker right so mo is asking me will you be able to join on the radio shamroon wednesday talk with Khosrow farvahar and comment about some of their work on wednesday 12 p.m toronto time we need someone like you to come on air uh, come on their show and re rebut their claims about superiority of constitutional monarchy in comparison to a republic, and I can and I cannot do it alone. Yeah, sure. I know you can't because you don't agree with that. Here is a link to the last show about the origins of the supreme leader being... Okay, so first of all, I had Khosrow uh, we had Khosrow Farbahar on our show, on the Persian show, and this man is as sensitive as a baby snowflake, okay? Not a regular snowflake, one of those tiny little baby snowflakes, okay? This man, you cannot criticize anything he say or else he will just melt and cry like a tiny little baby, okay? Okay? Like he will pee his pants right on the show if you criticize this man, okay? He, um, I listened to him on when, he, when we had him on the show. We respectfully listened to him for an entire for the entirety of the show without criticizing him and at the very end we just asked him some a few questions and just challenging him just a tiny bit and he just lost his mind he just gone he just went he went he 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 felt so insulted like he felt like he thinks we are so inferior to him intellectually to be to even question him the, you know, requires a level of audacity that is ridiculous for us to even assume that we could have, right? So, you know, as 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 this intellectual giant that he is, he sees us as too insignificant to ever question any anything he says, and he basically screams about it every time we do that. So I can't even imagine, like, if he did that on our show where we had the control over, like, you know, everything... Um, I can't imagine how this would be like if I go on his show. I don't think he will tolerate me um questioning him, okay like I think like it would be futile if this is the if it's that you know if that's the kind of person that I'm dealing with like why would I do that right anyways so I mean monarchists you know they're like that because they don't have any. You know good arguments on their side every time you point it out they just have to scream cry and run away okay cool i think i answered that one um there we go. all right let's go <laughs> yes you know exactly all right so what's the next question okay i think i already answered that one okay even ask a question you two should find a room. as root Okay, wow. Okay, Ian, this apparently ben is saying that me and you should grab a room. Okay. Wait, where's this second? Where's the first part of this? Oh, here it is. Okay, Alex is saying, can you rant a little about the S H I T T Y notion? If you leave, then you just take the easy way out. That I have heard said to me on atheists leaving Christianity and, and as many what? And as a vegan not buying meat, apparently only by I don't know what this is. Only by working from the inside can anything be changed. If you opt out, you are doing just as little as those. I don't understand the question. Sorry, Alex. I don't know what's happening here. Maybe if you reframe it and it's more simple. Sorry, if somebody could explain that to me, I don't get it. Is this like a joke reference that I'm not getting? I think it's a reference to a joke that I'm not getting. And Charles is saying, if Khamenei wakes up in the middle of the night in a panic from a nightmare, can we assume the nightmare was Iranian woman going uh, Zindabad, Pahlavi? (laughs) Um, No. I I think if Khamenei wakes up, in the middle of the night, in a panic, it's going to be because of other hardliners turning on him. That's going to be the, yeah. The main threat to the hardliners in Iran are other hardliners. They have been very successful at basically defanging their, all their opposition. The greatest threats to them is, are themselves especially the IRGC. Yeah, the greatest threat, the greatest weapon of Khamenei is the IRGC, and the greatest threat to Khamenei is the IRGC. At the end of the day, the people who have the guns are the people in charge, not the people who have the turbans, right? The degree of power of Khamenei is how many people within the IRGC have absolute loyalty to him from an ideological perspective, right? And how many of them are in it for the power rather than ideological reasons, right? And at, at the end of the day, money and power wins over ideology, right? So, this is why you know you could see that the IRGC is power and influence is creeping if, into all parts of Iranian governance, from all all the way from mayor's offices, governor's offices, the office of the supreme leader, they're getting more and more perks because if you don't give them what they want, they will remind you at the very end that remember who's controlling all the armed forces, right? Um, But also this is why the supreme leaders have to constantly take measures to make sure that everybody within the IRGC is completely loyal to the the Supreme Leader. But at some point, more and more people realize, especially after Khamenei dies, more and more people realize. I mean, the IRGC is getting more and more control over the economy. So they have the guns, they have the economy, they have more of the oil now. Why would they need, you know, this is why the prediction by many analysts is that this that iran will become turned. i mean some people say it already has turned into a milit rather than a theocracy it's more of a military dictatorship now right it's only a theocracy um symbolically you know like it's it's only a theocracy in design not technically you know i mean this the, the the most the most visual representation of that will be for you to notice how much of how much offices that used to be filled with people with the turban are going to be replaced by people with boots right that would be a you know in the next 20 years keep an eye on that right yeah uh soho is saying Armin, if you got to become a Mossad agent, what would be the first thing you would you would do? Well, I can't tell you. <laughs> if I tell you, I would never get hired. <laughs> um, okay, what would I? Uh, what would be the first thing I would do? I would do. Mm. I would start some social media outlets pretending to be um, Iranians who are sympathetic to young Basijis and IRGC members, right? So I will make YouTube channels, Twitter accounts, Telegram channels, um, uh, clubhouse rooms, and start talking about propaganda in defense of the islamic republic of iran and especially the the Quds army and qasim soleimani and iranian interests and you know the irgc and all of that right i would find the best talking points and basically make these make a brand and a media powerhouse trying to create a following of all the people, uh, Iranians who are um, sympathetic to the IRGC, right? Just to make sure that they think I am, you know, we're with them and think that this is a f- brand to follow. This is, These are accounts to follow. Um, but then also this would be, w- when you build an audience like that, it would be great then to start feeding them things that they would not hear other places, but under the disguise that you are against. So basically, for example, what the best thing you would do is you say the enemies... First of all, you 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 say a whole bunch of things that legitimately is Islamic Republic propaganda. Just so you could be seen... Like people can't deny less people can deny that you are are sympathetic, right? But every so often, you will feed narratives that you say it's not your narrative. You will say it's the enemy's narrative. And then you act like the reason why you're bringing them forward is because you have a good response to it. But by doing so, you you become a source of some of the best narratives for against the Islamic Republic of Iran and against the IRGC to an audience where they wouldn't have been exposed to it otherwise does that make sense let me know if that if that what do you think about that by the way, I you just made me just put my some of my best advice out there for free from Musad. Now they're not gonna even pay me anymore. I think that's I think I I'm waiting for some of you to say in the live chat that's genius. I'm not I was just gonna highlight the first person that says, Oh my god, Armin, that is genius, but none of you are saying that. Damn you guys. Okay, fine. Consider me disappointed. Okay. All right, nobody is saying I'm a genius. I'm heartbroken. Okay, let me go to the next question. Okay, we need to I need to answer these questions fast. Okay, this is it. Alex, why are you asking me long questions like this? I don't know what, the, what you, I don't even know what you're getting at. I will give an example. I have been criticized that as an atheist, I am not helping changing corrupt system, such as the Catholic Church, because it just I just opt out, okay. And then you're saying uh, only by working within the system from the inside can I bring about change to the system. People leaving the organizations are taking the easy way out. Um, those that want to. To reform the systems are the real heroes who bring about change. Some thoughts on oh, some thoughts on why this is a crappy argument. Okay, the reason why that's a crappy argument is because the system is corrupt to the core, there's nothing to reform. The whole idea of religion is based on myth and fantasy and a lie. There is no way to reform a lie. You don't want to reform, you don't want to fix something from within because there's nothing to fix, the whole thing should be given up. You don't want to change a good lie to a better lie, you want to remove lies. There's your answer. Okay this, I'm gonna just answer three more questions. PK saying is it that what is it that the Iranian government is drilling down conservative Islamism or the society itself um, are considerable or considerable amount of society quite religious? Okay. What is this question? Where's the first part of this question? Um, the Iranian government is drilling down the conservative Islamism. I don't okay, no. So the Iranian government is not drilling down conservative Islamism. The Islamists so the radicals in the Islamic government, they are not the their agenda is not just Islam. Their agenda is more power and more money. So their main given that most of the opposition to the radicals have been eliminated, including, you know, and or have been defanked. Um, Now the resources and all the wealth and all the power, the people who are remaining are the radicals and they have to fight with each other over who gets what, right? So just because they're all... The hardliners, that doesn't mean they're going to just be like hold hands and sing Kumbaya and consider themselves winners and just share everything equally. They're going to, you know, fight tooth and nail against each other for who comes at top, especially especially given Khamenei getting older and older. People want to know who's who's going to become the next supreme leader and under the new supreme leader, who's going to get the most highest position and the most amount of power. And what role is how how much influence is IRGC is going to have in the next office of the Supreme Leader? So obviously, there's going to be a lot of competition and a lot of backstabbing and a lot of throat cutting and a lot of you know ugly politics behind the scenes, right? So that's the reason. It, it's not just, oh, we are all conservative Muslims, so just get along. That's not how any of this works. But no, the Iranian people themselves are getting more and more secular and less and less religious compared like we have the fastest rate of secularization on the entire planet has been happening in Iran if if, if the statistics are to be believed All right? you know I'm not saying like there's, there's still a whole bunch of Iranians that are religious but the rate of irreligiosity irreligiosity has been increasing astronomically in Iran right so yeah Patron question missed. What are you talking about? Did you just add another patron question? Is it going to be another essay? Hold on. I answered all your patron questions. Unless you just went there and you just added another one. No, I answered all of them. How much do you know about Jonas? I did answer this one. I answered this one. Yeah, I answered that one. Yeah, go back. Look at them all. I answered every single one of your patron questions. Okay. Guys, don't ask any more questions. I'm trying to end this now. Um. Okay, here's another question. Armit, wait, did I answer that? Yeah. Armin, if you are hired by Mossad, will you work on a Mohammed bin Salman uh, contract to overthrow Bashar al-Assad? Damn. What? Um, wait. Why would it be a Mohammed bin Salman contract? I'm a Mossad. Why would I be? Um, why would I? Why would Muhammad bin Salman have a contract with? Why would Muhammad bin Salman be able to tell Mossad what to do? I don't understand this question. And Muhammad bin Salman contract over through Bashar al-Assad. Yeah, I don't I don't think Mohammed bin Salman can dictate what the Musad does. I don't know how this works. You're saying like Mossad, maybe, maybe, okay, so let's think about it, let's make a movie out of this, okay? So this is fantasy land, okay? So let's say Muhammad, Israel, and Saudi Arabia are working closer together as they are in real life. And, fa- and Mohammed bin Salman wants Assad be removed, and Mossad is going to do that as a favor to Muhammad bin Salman just to get did something else for Mohammed bin Salman okay this is fantasy movie scenario okay we're not talking about the real world okay and the Musaad is going to do that just so that they could get something out of Saudi Arabia okay would I do that yes yes I would do that I would do that you know but I would hope that one day I get to be hired by Musaad to also take out Mohammed bin Salman I would I would hope that one day they put me on a, that mission as well but that would never happen unfortunately oh by the way no by takeout, i mean like in a movie like this is fantasy youtube i'm not talking about any violence okay we're talking about like a plot of a movie okay this is this i'm not talking about actual legit violence in real life about anybody okay so please just like yeah youtube like okay we're talking about hypothetically if i was an agent of a musad in the movie okay i'm not i'm not talking about violence please youtube please take this in context okay all right so here's another question by dtr saying what are your thoughts on imran khan's outthink oh i we already did that um oh Imran Khan is asking popular protests in Pakistan. On what do you think about Pakistan' future uh, prospects? Okay, we already covered this earlier in the stream, so please go back and watch that. DTR, uh, that was I uh, responded to some patron questions regarding this, so we went, we spent a lot of time on that. Uh, so i was saying, uh, wow, I I am taking a moment to process it all, but that was amazing. Sorry if my question might have been jeopardized. Uh, jeopardize anything, <laughs> yeah, I think they should hire you even more now, oh, Soha just realized how a genius what uh you know how genius my answer was, okay, good, I'm glad that at least one person here recognized what an amazing plan I had as a Mossad agent to tackle the Islamic Republic of Iran. Soha gets it, and she is appropriately you know celebrating it, yes, and I think that okay, so. So, you, you might think, like, okay, Musad is not going to hire me anymore because I just put out my best plan out there. But I have a lot more plans. Okay, Musad, like that was just like one of many. I, you know what? Actually, that was even my, my plan. I just came up with that on the spot as people just asked me in the live chat. Okay. Imagine if Musad hires me and I'm just like sitting in a room thinking for hours with the best other, like, other thoughts and experts. Like imagine the level of contribution I would have to a Musad meeting, given that I just came up with that on a live stream on the spot when somebody asked me. Like that was just that was just like a teaser from Musad just to see how much more I could offer. Okay, so yeah, so if you know I have a lot more to offer, so just hire, just contact me. Okay, Musad, my email is at gmail.com. You could put in your email if you don't want to say that you're Musad, just say that. Um. Just I don't know what to put. Just say something. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, okay. Because nobody here knows. Um. Mention that you you like. You mention something about because you're Musad. You can figure these things out, right? Mention something about the the birth the city that my mom was born in and how beautiful of a city is that is. And how much you would be happy to for me to be able one day, to one day go there, and enjoy something specific about that city. Okay, you guys could figure that out. So mention that in the email so I know that you're part you you're the Musad Okay, there you go. Mm. Okay, cool. Okay, so here's another question. Okay, I have two questions here. I'm gonna answer these ones. Okay. Okay, so perfect person is saying, are you gay? Okay, so the answer to that is no. Um, I am not gay. But, I, but however, I do not know if I should say that I am not gay because a lot of people will perceive me, not, me saying that I'm not gay um, as if it's a bad thing, right? Sometimes when some people assume that I'm gay, i feel like i shouldn't correct them because the need the the urge to correct them and be like no why are you saying i'm gay will come across as me being upset that somebody thinks i'm gay but you as somebody who wants to normalize being gay i think like maybe i should just not respond like let them think i'm gay because what's wrong with that right so i don't know what do you guys think like if somebody thinks you're gay Should you even make the effort to correct them? Because the effort to correct them would come across as you thinking that that needs correction, as if there's something, as if you've been insulted, right? I don't want that to come across as somebody thinking it's an insult. So, But if somebody is asking, I think you could just answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, even if I was gay, I would probably have a partner by now. So, you just—if I was gay, that wouldn't mean I'm single, right? I would probably be very happy with my gay partner right now. So, so I don't know what you think. I just—I don't think gay people are just available to everybody at all the time, right? So, so there you go. Okay, so here's the last question. By Vinci, Vinch, Vinch. Okay. Uh, Vinci, Vinci, okay. Vinci is saying, All are, are are all Iranians as dumb as you?" Um, okay, so the answer to that is no, because obviously you're talking about a large group of people, and the level of intelligence within a population of people is different. So. No, obviously no. I, I think you might be dumb if you have that question, though, because that question assumes that you would think that a population of more than 80 million people would have the same level of intelligence. And the fact that you even considering that as an option would suggest that you are actually very dumb. But yeah, that's the answer. But it's okay. I, I don't mean to call you dumb as an insult because even if you are dumb, um you know you could you could improve that you could not be dumb you could think a little bit more logically you could think instead of asking me that you could just ask yourself is it possible for more than 80 million people to have the same level of intelligence and i think if you think about it for half a second you would realize that that is not possible and you know just try to think more logically and i think you could you could overcome the fact that you're this dumb Okay, just try harder. All right. Okay, I think that was the the last question. And we're going to end it there. And thank you guys for being here. Thank you for your questions. Uh, Please like this video. Please do not leave without liking this video on YouTube because that will help us grow this channel. Please try to share the stream with as many people as you can, if it's safe. If you would like me to answer your questions ahead of everyone else in the future streams, consider becoming a patron. Link to our patron is in the description. And also, if you would like to consider to come up live, come up here and ask me your question with video and audio, like live here. Up, like I will provide a link. You would just come up and talk to me face to face and video. Uh, you could become a YouTube member, right? So once we gain a few YouTube members and our YouTube membership grows, um, I will provide that option for people to just ask me questions directly via video and audio as a YouTube member. So again, if you're a patron, the advantage would be that your questions will get priority and I will spend more time on your questions. Um, and as a YouTube member, the advantage would be that you could come up and ask me questions live on air with audio, on audio, right? Okay, so... And you could have, we could have a back and forth a little bit before you go back down and i go to the rest to the next question so the link to both of them are in the description and to becoming a youtube member or to becoming a patron link in the description please consider and also do not use any of those if you're struggling financially if you're struggling financially do not at all uh, support us financially in any way okay do not do that that's a really bad idea okay and if you Again, if you want to support us without spending any money, then just like the video. Okay. That doesn't cost you anything. All right, guys. Thank you. And thank you. I see all your beautiful comments and uh, in your comment and uh, your comments in the description in the live chat. Somebody is very angry. I did answer your last question. What are you talking? more? god damn it. Like he is was the will you be able to join radio, Sherman? I answered that. I don't know how you missed it. I refreshed it. Okay. Um I I I swear I like go back I answered it okay, um see you guys I'm gonna do more Q and A's I'm gonna do Q and A's on secular jihadists every week okay every almost every week so if you could ask me more questions on next week okay bye guys bye.